Hey, what up? It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and today we've got uh, some questions to answer and um, some things to tell you about with Snapchat if you're not paying attention. And we'll talk a little bit about ad blocking because that's what everyone wants to talk about this week. And for some reason, I flossed before this podcast, and I'm not really sure why, but I did. So there you go. And it's the podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. Welcome to the episode. And uh, last week, Snapchat rolled out a whole bunch of new features, most of which people have been paying attention to the vomiting rainbows. Really excited about the vomiting rainbows. The uh, two, we'll call them scary jack-o'-lanterns where you can roar at people. People like those as well. Not so many people liking or finding, I guess, a really prominent use for the Terminator filter. I think they probably do have real names for them, but I don't really know what the real names are. But the the crazy robot one, not I have not seen a lot of people using that one. But I have seen a lot of people using the hacks, which have been enjoying greatly after the uh, debate on Wednesday night. Lots of people putting the uh, rainbow vomiting on Donald Trump and uh, any one of the candidates that they wanted to. So some fun stuff coming out with Snapchat. And I think... It's one of my favorite updates of the year, I would say, of all of the platforms for sure. Uh, I would also say that uh, I really liked Instagram's going from square only to you don't need it to be square. It can be what it actually looks like. I think that was a really cool update. But this was a great update for Snapchat. And while we were all paying attention to these new lenses from a branding perspective, there were a couple other things that came down that we really should pay attention to. One, there's a gamification of Snapchat. There's always been the score. If you slide down on Snapchat where the ghost is, you can see what your score is, which is essentially how many snaps that you've sent. And while... There aren't a whole lot of robust metrics on Snapchat, which is why I think a lot of marketers shy away from it because you can't instantly go, oh, we had this great impact on the Snapchats because you're not getting the likes and the shares and the comments and the uh, retweets and the easy things that you can point to when you look at the other mediums. You've always had this score thing you can look at. And when you use the stories function, you can see how many people are watching your snaps. And uh, real quickly, before I talk more about what's going on in Snapchat, I want to give an anecdotal story about a buddy of mine who has been on Snapchat. Snapchat from the beginning and has been grinding and grinding and grinding in his uh, universe where he works and uh, recently passed 1100 replays of a snap that he had, which is actually, oddly enough, a snap of how to use the lenses, which points out two things. One is that this is a long game, kids. We're not doing social media to achieve social media greatness tomorrow because it changes too quick for all of us to do that. What we're doing is trying to make meaningful connections with our customers so that we can share this content back and forth. And him grinding and grinding and grinding was able to get a lot of people to pay attention to him. And guess what? When they needed him the most, when it was really hard to understand, and we've talked about this. I talked about this when I was given the social as a language keynote, uh, and I've been talking about that on the podcast, that the single single reason I think a lot of people who might be of a certain age have a hard time understanding Snapchat is because it's not very intuitive. And the lens update was the least intuitive. I spent a fair amount of time on Tuesday and Wednesday helping friends get through the idea of how to get these lenses to pop onto their screen and how to use them. So when my buddy 
does a whole snap of showing how you can do this, much like what Mashable did. But to his audience, he got 1,100 of them to watch that snap of him explaining how to do the lens thing that everyone wanted to see because they wanted to know, well, my friend is vomiting rainbows. How come I can't vomit rainbows? And he was there for them, provided value, and uh, bore some fruit from that. So congratulations to him. I'm very excited to uh, talk about that today. I'm also excited to talk about, like I said, the addition of the trophies in the gamification universe. If you go to the ghost and you pull up your thing, you'll see your GIF of Snap that you can share for people who want to follow you on Snapchat. Right below that, you'll see the number of snaps that you've sent. Right above that, though, you will see a trophy. And if you click on it, and if you've been doing your due diligence in Snapchat, you will see that you have some trophies. If you don't have some trophies, you got some work to do, son. Uh, and that's the gamification. And I really like that update. It's a fun, uh, another part of the ecosystem that you can play in. The other thing to pay attention to is what the NFL is doing with Snapchat. Uh, they have partnered and they are doing um, the live story segment. And from a brand perspective, as I said, I really think the live stories is far more profound than... Um, the discover, I know the discover, the discover, I should say for brands is super sexy. Cause you want to be one of the, they added three more. So it's now 12 off the top of my head. Um, uh, but they added a couple more and it's really sexy, but I still think the brands, not the brands that are in discover. I think they're all doing really cool stuff, but I think the brands that want to advertise in discover with those brands don't quite get it. And a real world example to contrast with what the, uh, NHL or NFL is doing, I should say, um, is, iHeart. They had the iHeart Music Festival, which had some amazing content, and their snaps were awesome. However, uh, Twix decided they wanted to be the advertiser, and what did Twix do? They slammed their TV commercial uh, in the middle of snaps, which, um, well... Most of us skipped right by, and there was an Ad Age article yesterday showing, uh, sorry, Digiday, want to give credit where credit is due. Digiday did the article on Sunday showing that if your ads inside the snaps suck, people are passing by them. We'll get back to that when we talk about the ad blocking with iOS 9. We'll get back. I promise we will. But point is, if you try and put your TV commercial onto Snapchat, they're going to pass right by that. I promise you that. I promise you. I don't care how great you thought your TV commercial was. It doesn't belong on Snapchat promise you that. So here iHeart has all this awesome content and I will tell you they did some great stuff with Snapchat and I just don't think Twix got what they wanted out of it because they weren't playing along with what was going on on Snapchat and they certainly weren't matching, they weren't brand centric with what iHeart was doing with their content to make it match up. They were just running a, the the I'm sure you've seen it the Twix commercial with the left Twix and the right Twix. that's what they were running. I know. I know, I get it, whatever. Back to the the NFL. What they are doing is very cool. They're using the live story function to curate uh, people at the all the games across the country and put them into one large snap on Sundays that you can watch. Um, you see this when you, if you're in Chicago for Lollapalooza, they had one. Uh, it's all over the place. You can see when you're in a per- the, uh, the perfect part of the country when one of these is happening. Uh, if you're in for the uh, Apple Festival, you'll see it there. Um, you'll see snaps coming out of there. So this is something that they're going to do all season long. They partnered up to do this all season long, which is an interesting strategy because they've ditched the NFL has ditched their partnership with Facebook, which was getting some video content on Facebook, uh, during games for replays and afterwards. And that stuff's going to live on Twitter. They're continuing that relationship with Twitter. So you will not see game footage on Snapchat. You will see fan generated stuff on Snapchat, which I think is a huge play for the NFL because that's uh, what a lot of people want to share. They want to share when they have that moment that their team does something great. Uh, they want to have that moment when they share that they are very sad bears fans who are going to have a very, 
very, very long season. I might be speaking about myself, but I'm not sure. But uh, you will see that sadness on Snapchat as well, and I think that's a great play. Burberry is in there. Uh, They were doing a fashion show over the weekend, which is very cool. Goldman Sachs is in there. They want to reach the millennials. So Yes, that Goldman Sachs is on Snapchat, which is interesting, and we'll see how that plays out. So as I've been saying for the last six months, lots of people jumping on Snapchat, and if you're not one who's looking at Snapchat, and if you're not somebody who looks at it and goes, ah, that's just for the kids, you're going to miss out on a ton of growth potential in the next six months as people are jumping on it, people are starting to pay attention. And uh, Jim Beam is running an ad campaign for their new Apple Whiskey, which uh, you would think if you look at the stats and you go, okay, well, 60-some-odd percent of the people on Snapchat are between the ages of 13 and 24. So that's a little... You know, let's be careful. What do we do there? Well, Snapchat verifies the ads by the birth date that you entered. I know that there are some tricks there, but let's say everybody's honest, and so that's how they're going to put the barrier to entry. Here's the interesting thing. 82% of that 62% are 21 and older. So there's a big, huge segment of the population uh, that you can reach if you're trying to promote a brand that is launching a new drink for fall that's an Apple whiskey. So a great play by Jim Beam. Lots of cool stuff happening in Snapchat, and if you are not in the Snapchat space, uh, you need to jump in there because... um, there's lots of stuff happening there, and I think this is this is going to end up being a huge, huge year for Snapchat. And if you're not there, like I said, uh, you are missing it. So as a brand, if you've got behind-the-scenes stuff or a great idea of what to do for Snaps, jump in there. If you're still confused, jump in there and figure it out. The rest of us did it by jumping in there and figuring it out. Didn't stand on the sidelines and go, meh, I don't get it. It'll pass. It's like the internet. It'll be a fad. The other thing I want to talk about is the ad blocking software. So iOS 9 came out last week, a big week for tech last week. Uh, iOS 9 came out and uh, people were downloading in droves, uh, got some new updates to the uh, platform itself. You get the Apple News uh, curator that curates your favorite news so you can get an update every day on what's going on in the world. And of course, there was an ad blocking ability that has shown up. There was a... um, an app that was out there that was taken down over the weekend, but still lots of people talking about this ability to block ads. And there's, I would love to say that there's two sides of this coin, but there's likely three sides to this coin. I I think the easy thing to say is, well, dummy, you should just make better ads, right? And, And that, I think that's an easy, easy thing to say. And I don't disagree that we should all as marketers be making better ads that provide value to our customer. But maybe, just maybe, there might be a tinge of gray in there because the ad blocking software blocks everything, right? It's it's the delete all functionality for apps. And that's obviously the customer's right. They've had enough of all the stuff that's been happening on the uh, mobile platforms. They don't want to be tracked. They don't want to be pop up adized if that's a word, uh, but it should be a word. They don't want, they're done with it. So they want to just block everything. And look, the adoption rate of that, we'll wait and see what the adoption rate of that is. But as a marketer, you should be paying attention to it. And of course, there's something to be said that maybe um, we could all do a little bit more homework and make some more compelling ads that provide value to the customer while achieving whatever it is that you want to do. If it's brand recognition, if it's a call to action, if it's whatever falls in the marketing funnel that you're trying to achieve, uh, I think we all could probably do a better job uh, of putting together compelling campaigns. That said, when you put together a compelling campaign and you're just blocked outright, 
I think that also does a bit of a disservice because there are still things that people need to discover. There are still things that people need to know how they can get a hold of them. And and I know Seth Godin wrote a piece this weekend uh, about ad blocking. And one of the things he said is that the best marketing is a killer product. And again, I can't, I cannot disagree with that. However, I do think that there has to be some open and honest discussions about what we're going to do as marketers in the mobile space to move around this universe and kind of life hack the thing that, that iOS 9 has put out there, which is this ad blocking technology. And believe me, it'll happen. There'll be a, a block to the block, which is the block. This will go on forever. Uh, you know, there's been ad blocking technology in, well, for all time, you know, to nod to the Seth Godin piece, right? So uh, if you had a newspaper and you wanted to block the ads in the newspaper, you would not read those ads. If you want to block the ads on your TV, if you still are somebody that subscribes to TV, you will have a DVR of said thing and watch it when you want and fast forward past the commercials. However, there are still things in your life that you want to know. For example, use me in particular, right? Uh, I find movie trailers are highly effective for me because I really like movies. So while they might might seem like an ad to you, they might seem valuable to me. And if I had ad blocking on, those are all gone. Uh, And while I'm not somebody that would put ad blocking on because I still live in this ecosystem and I want to know how it works, um, I... It'll be interesting to see how the world reacts once the world calms down and we find out just how many people are going to adopt an app to block ads. Or in this case, I mean, it's down now, but buy an ad. Follow me on this. Buy an ad blocking technology to block ads. So you're going to pay money to somebody for them to take money from somebody else. And and that's essentially the black and white synopsis of what that would be doing because you're still consuming something that has a cost to it. Right. If television goes away and you hijack Netflix, well, there's still a cost to make all of that stuff. There's still a cost to host all of that stuff. There's still a cost for all of those things. So if you have a stolen Netflix account and you got rid of your TV and you're not watching ads, you're essentially riding for free. And while you may not care about that, and that's totally your right, these pieces of content can't live on and on and on for nothing. You can't watch Game of Thrones with nobody making any money. They'll just stop making Game of Thrones. You can't watch I know Breaking Bad is over, but if Breaking Bad wasn't over, you can't let's call let's use Better Call Saul, right? You can't watch Better Call Saul if everybody fast forwards by the commercials and nobody makes any money through subscription services. It just, they'll just stop making it. And so while there's an outcry right now of everybody freaking out and and the gut reaction being well just I mean just make better ads. Well, guess what? If there's ad blocking technology, those better ads end up being content. And so to me, that ends up being in a gray area that that while everybody has the right to play in, I'm not sure if you're mad as a customer that you have to watch ads. I don't know that you're going to be particularly excited if everything in your world is disguised as an ad. And that happens right now. It absolutely happens right now. But if you push every advertiser into making content that's just going to make the content pool noisier and probably more annoying to you to plow through like if you let's use let's go back to Netflix for a second and say 
if this was if iOS nine was a TV platform that blocked ads, and so the Netflix now is posting things suggested to you that are actually advertisements for apples and advertisements for jeans and advertisements for what whatever they want to advertise because they can't actually pay play ads for you because you blocked all of them. So now they're going to find another more intrusive way to get it to you. Is the answer better ads for everybody in some cases, but I think. All in all, it's just a better understanding that the internet, while dispersing and makes everything fragmented, right? And with that fragmentation and with that segmentation, brings people together with very, very niche things that they're really into. Somebody at some point has to pay for those things. And it's too early to figure out what this will do as a whole. Uh, But with the adoption rate of Apple products, it's a big thing to pay attention to and something that I will have update after update about. But I think for right now, let's all just take a deep breath and understand that make better ads doesn't solve the problem. That doesn't solve the problem if they banish all of the, if the delete all function happens, that advertising dollar has to be made somewhere. And trust me, there are people that are leagues smarter than me already trying to outfox the fox. Because that's what marketers do. That's what great marketers do. That's why at the beginning of this show, it says marketers ruin everything. We'll ruin ad blocking too. I promise you that. I promise you we'll ruin ad blocking. It's what we're good at. It's why we get paid. Because we're able to get that message to you by any means necessary. So it's just a temporary block, my friends. We'll get it fixed. I promise. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. Have a wonderful evening.